This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver... There's an old truth folks are fond of repeating out here in the West. They say, whiskey's for drinking, water's for fighting over. Energy drinks are for gaming, sugar-free probiotic seltzer is for walking the dog. Herbal tea is for sleeping, and cannabis-infused soda is for no one at all. And it matters, because here in Colorado, we got a big, big beverage industry. So in honor of the 4th of July week, we're talking about the cold ones in your cooler, no matter what they are. Plus, a round of wins and fails, and our best bets for your weekend. Today is Friday, July 7th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show where conservatives just don't want to work anymore. <laughs> First, they didn't want to bake cakes. Now they don't want to make wedding websites. Oh, for fictitious people. Yeah. Well, tell me about that. It really bothered me. So this is about the Supreme Court ruling in the 303 Creative Wedding Website case. What's the group behind it? Alliance Defending Freedom. It's the same sort of legal group that was behind the Masterpiece Cake Shop fight. Colorado just wants to be the hate state. We're trying to live back up to those 90s There's expectations. Some, some people <laughs> long for those days. But at any rate, there was this uh, case that was challenging this woman's First Amendment right to refuse to make wedding websites for queer couples. And uh, the New Republic did a little reporting to find out who was the who was the person in this case that she was yeah, against? Because standing is important at right. the Supreme Court. You have you to have think. someone with some sort of harm done to them in order to bring a case. That's kind of the whole point of our justice system. But they found out that the person in the case is not really real. I mean, the gentleman in question's name, address, and all of that, the reporter was able to find. <laughs> she contacted him. Mm -hmm. Melissa Gira Grant, she's a great reporter, um, contacted him and said, hey, do you know anything about this? And he was like, well, you know, I'm... Um, I'm married to a woman and I have a kid. Again, not a huge qualifier, except for this was a case about mm -hmm. a same-sex couple situation. And he said, I had no idea I was involved. Just no idea. No one had contacted Supreme this person. court yeah. case. <laughs> so absurd that that so. is a real, that that happened. But this, this week. Is, but to me, this is, where, this is where that side of the world is, is they have to make stuff up yeah. to bring it to the highest court in the land who will rule on it. Yeah. So, I don't know, the Supreme Court feels like a little bit of a sham, but take that for lately, what you will. Hey, kind of. <laughs> lately, it's, they've, been, they've had a different approach. Might be a... <laughs> so weird. Um, anyway, um, it's Friday. Uh, you heard her voice already. Bree's here. Hi, Paul. Hey. Um, we're here at 5280 Magazine, where the whole freshly redesigned June issue is still splayed out on the wall where I we're recording. I do love that we get to see... And their get, magazine. And we get to talk about it now because it's on newsstands. It's the new redesign. The, we've been looking at these stories for a few weeks now. Anything grab your eye, Brie? I mean, I did love Jeff's piece on Casa Bonita, oh of course. Oh, my God. He got an interview with Matt and Trey. Yeah. That's not and the everyone. photos are great. And, love the photos. Um, there's a piece with Daniel Seawalker, one of my favorite mirrorless and artists here in Denver. I haven't looked into their food and drink, but it, I mean... It's hard to not be into the photos of really good looking food. So yeah, I'm excited to yeah. read this issue or at least talk about it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I am too. I am too. I am too. It's like a menu. Who are we going to, who are we going to, anyway, that's coming up on the show soon. Um, but we have a great guest this Friday. Well, we're kind of guestless actually on the short holiday week. <laughs> um, so we've got our, our still new producer, Olivia Jewel Love to talk about the news of the week. Welcome, Olivia. Hey, how's it going guys? How was your 4th of July week? Olivia. It was great. 
I had a good time. Yeah. Did you do a fireworks or did you do a drone show? Um, I guess kind of both. I went to the drone show in Lakewood. Um, and uh-huh, then nice. it started pouring rain and lightninging, so <laughs> everybody ran. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I was eating a delicious Indian food dinner, and then we looked out the window, and there were drones in the sky spelling things and making fireworks. And so in the I, rain? Yes. Wow. Um, and so I knew they were going to do it rain or shine, but I didn't think they would do it in lightning. But, you know, whatever. They did it, and it was cool from what I could see. Um, it's and, definitely a, an interesting upgrade to the 4th of July experience. Yeah. And then I went to the Park Hill Parade on the actual 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, some children gave me free lemonade. Shout out to those kids. Cool. Um, saw Mike Bennett. Saw Senator Michael Bennett. <laughs> Mike. Good old Mike. Good old Mike. <laughs> Mr. B. Mr. B. Um, well, Olivia, you invoked uh, lemonade, you know, a beverage. Uh, I think that's a good segue for us to get into our main topic of the day. Oh, yeah. We're talking about beverages uh, because of the 4th of July holiday and because it was maybe the slowest news week ever. Uh, but beverages but to this arti- are- Or to this article's credit- Yeah. Uh, it was a piece by Helen Shu, uh, who was writing for Westward about kava. It's the most in-depth piece I've read about kava yet. I totally understand it a little bit more, I think. 100%. Um, yeah. But yeah. Before, before we get to kava, though, there is a reason why beverages matter. I, I know this is like, can I just, this is some data, Metro Denver Economic Development Corporation. They say Colorado has the nation's highest employment concentration in beverage production with more than twice the proportion of beverage manufacturing jobs compared to other states. So there are more people here that make beverages than anywhere else. That means people here, many listeners, probably beverage makers, beverage pourers. <laughs> Beverage people. <laughs> Love me a good beverage. It's important. I think it's important here more than other people. So well, kava. it's like, obviously, but also we're talking about the craft brew industry. Sure. We're talking about the sort of burgeoning kombucha industry. I mean, hello, the Pepsi plant. There's, <laughs> hello. I'm, hello. Well, think about how many jobs that entails. I'm just Tons, saying. Hundreds. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Celestial seasonings, the yerba mate. I went down a rabbit hole in celestial seasonings. Do we want to get into that? Uh, you know, there is some controversial there stuff there I learned. It really? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, did you see the Sleepy Time Tea Bears uh, TikTok? No. What is happening on there? He just has good content. <laughs> is he like a character? Do you get yeah. to know him? What's yeah, he like? He, he's sleepy. He makes tea makes before sense. bed and he wears a little nightcap. Makes sense. I have the, yeah, I grew up with, that was my favorite tea as a kid. What a dorky thing to say, but... um. I know. I can see yeah. that picture of the sleepy yeah, time bear. Yeah, but he has a TikTok and he he makes pretty good content. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, well, we'll check that out. Uh, well, I, yeah, kava. I mean, that's the reason why we're here. Let's start with kava. We'll do a survey of beverages. But we all read this piece from Westward this week, which I thought was fascinating. I mean, I've seen signs for like kava and kratom around the city the last few years. Seemed like maybe increasingly... But to actually know what happened was like fascinating. Um, but I don't know. Maybe should we summarize it? Does anyone want to like what details stuck out to you too? Well, that it's a fairly relatively new phenomenon of a beverage in America. I mm-hmm. think that was the big thing to me was this is sort of a, a, a South Pacific Islander mm-hmm. drink that's ceremonial and there's, you know, it's it's really rooted in tradition and ancestral knowledge and things like that and it came to america or at least proliferated in america starting in the early 2000s in florida and but a lot of states i feel like have already sort of pushed back on it mm-hmm. and it seems like colorado's laws are a little bit unclear but like many many substances colorado's that that test case yeah. place, the the libertarian leaning place. Exactly. So we're getting a little bit of that here and there. Denver has some specific rules, but outlying municipalities don't necessarily have them around Kava and then Kratom, which we'll talk which about. Which is similar, well. but not the same. Because yeah. it had m- more psychoactive properties, it was, was more my understanding. opiate leaning, mm-hmm. which felt very problematic to me. Have either of you tried Kava? No. I have. Have you? Megan, my wife, used to, she was really into this for a while because it like, it chills you out. And that was something, she wanted to get off coffee and she thought, well, it'd be nice to have something in the morning that I brewed, that I had a ritual with that. And and it was, I mean, she tried a bunch of different brands. We have some in our closet. So I've I've tried a few different ones. It takes so long. It takes so long and boy, the (laughs) taste. Like how long? Half hour. 
half hour because it's kind of like that is yeah, a ritual. Think about the, yeah. yeah, the ritual ceremonial aspect is not really an American thing. We're like now, now, now. We want this now. Well, I brought up earlier like the idea of matcha is becoming really, really kind of hot right now, mm. and I have mixed feelings about it um, because I feel like white people have kind of overtaken the ceremonial mm. aspect. You know, influencers have matcha lines now and they make Oof. their own matcha as white people and then Oof. other white people, you know, use the the whisk and all the, you know, traditional tools to make their matcha and have kind of a little ceremony of their own. And I can't decide if, you know, that is cultural appropriation, appreciation, mm. um, people just trying to do something fun for themselves or what? I think there's a that can be a lot of the things that we drink can be traced back to origins of similar natures like coffee, Ethiopian coffee ceremonies, Turkish coffee. Like before coffee proliferated as the thing you can get at a gas station, Mm -hmm. it had to start somewhere. I feel like Gastropod has a really good in-depth look into coffee. But link to it. Yeah, but I'm just thinking about like we drink coffee like it's whatever now, right? Sometimes I think for some people it is that ritual. I think there's like people who are really into that third wave of coffee, which we yes. learned about after yes. <laughs> moderately making fools of ourselves on our coffee episodes, Truth. not really knowing. We got about some coffee. very helpful feedback from our coffee um, connoisseur listeners. Thank you. But and they were like, coffee's a huge thing here. This yes. third wave coffee where you do like a, a pour over or like mm-hmm. Chemex, you you weigh the beans, you get it to really specific measurements. It sounds like science experiments. And I used to be really a barista in it? college. Really? Yeah. So tell us. Well, I was never that good, frankly. <laughs> and I also worked during the summer. So people huh. really liked their iced coffee. So that kind of put a damper on stuff. But it was really intense. They really wanted to build my espresso palette. Interesting. And um, that was tough for someone with high anxiety who did not react well to caffeine. I was going to say, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, my husband's oh, my very God. similar in that like he just, too, it doesn't take much yeah, for it to uh, heighten no. in a not good they way. They were just having me like, you know, drink straight espresso Ooh. my whole, my whole oh, shift. Oh, goodness. And they were like, what do you taste? And I was like, coffee. And they were like, <laughs> no, orange peel, you know, blossom. And I was like, coffee. So I clearly I wasn't very good at it, but there was a lot that went into it, you know, the dialing in, the weighing of the beans. There's just, there is a lot and it's very ritualistic. And I still, I still like to um, take that for myself. I don't usually make coffee at home um, because, you know, I like caffeine in the morning, but usually if I'm going to have coffee, I like to kind of have it in a third space, like a a coffee shop Hmm. um, and, you know, watch somebody, you know, craft it and just kind of enjoy it in a different space and not really try to rush it and make it so But I do want to come back to what you were saying about the influencers and the sort of overtaking of matcha. It's like a brand thing. And the the identity. Yeah, that is super not. I know. Doesn't. It's very weird. It's very weird and kind of yucky. And I kind of, I got a similar thing with the Kava story a little bit because they... There were a couple, there was a, a, a owner of a kava bar they interviewed who said, you know, we source specifically from this one family and we do, if it's like the origin of the kava itself is like the thing you need, we need to be able to be clear on what, where this kava comes from. So that's their big thing. But like in the end, is it that still appropriation though? Even if you're doing it quote the right way or getting it from the quote original source or respecting the original source or whatever. That's, those are hard questions. It's hard. It's, it's hard to know because then, you know, people are going to come back, even if you're doing it the right way, then it becomes a trend. And then, you know, there's a bunch of people who aren't going to do it the right way. So it's <laughs> like, you know, was it all for naught or what? And sometimes it's about celebrating and sometimes it's right. about building bridges between right. differences. And like food and drink is one of the most powerful ways to do that. Oh like share God, a meal 100%. with someone, learn about their culture, share about yours, feel connected. Also like you know, ritual and identity and beverages. I, I don't know. There was one quote in the article I want to bring up. This is from um, a professor uh, emeritus at CU Boulder, Paul Shankman, who I actually interviewed for a project years ago. About Called Paul on Paul. Hey, Paul. <laughs> the Paul Wait, show. Paul weird. talks to Paul. Paul talk Paul. It was me and my brothers, uh, Logan and uh, what's his name? Jake. Jake. <laughs> Jake Paul. <laughs> the three Paul brothers. 
Paul, Paul. And our dad, Paul Shankman, Professor Emeritus at CU Boulder. He um, he said, quote, central cab stations often have large cans of brewed kava so that drivers can scoop out portions with their coffee mugs, then sip comfortably on for hours on end. So this is like a very modern, like, Usage. it's just like a different uh, way of using this thing that's not, it doesn't, I mean, to me, I'm a white guy from Ohio. That doesn't sound like the same ritual that was described earlier in the article about. No, that's giving 7-Eleven coffee. Right. 7-Eleven coffee. It's like, this is uh, used for something. It's just, there's that chemical property that seems to be desired where it's, it reminded me of coffee. It reminded me of tea, energy drinks, all of them, all of them. It's just well, also like small differences. Tea. Tea. Is a great one. If you've ever been to an actual tea house or like we went to this Japanese tea garden in Portland in the process and like picking out the tea and then they come and they do this thing at your table depending on what kind you get and all these things. And like mm -hmm. that's an experience. But I'm also the guy that grabs the sleepy time pre-made bag, throws it in a cup and put some hot water on it. Got good marketing. Yeah. You know, I know they do. That they do have bear. stellar marketing. I mean, it goes back guy. to those real eighties, nineties imagery. <laughs> uh, since we've circled back to tea, we have to talk about celestial seasonings because this is actually like a really interesting company. Oh my god! <laughs> I like didn't want to get into it because I, I kind of have avoided learning about it because I don't want to be tainted by the fact that I grew up like just made. enjoying <laughs> celestial seasonings tea. I enjoy it too. I don't think this is going to change it for me. I think I got up to a place where I'm going to continue to buy it and love it, especially the Zinger line. Oh yeah. In, Red uh, with Zinger. Ice Zinger. water in Lemon the summer. Zinger. Lemon Zinger, baby. Put a couple of slices of citrus in there. You got yourself Sheesh. a real nice beverage. Real nice. So, so what's this controversy? Well, it was it, the whole company. It's owned by this big conglomerate now, but uh, founded in 1969 by the story is Colorado hikers who discovered aromatic herbs in the Rockies. They named it Celestial Seasonings after one of their co-founders flower names. So these are like new agey hippie types in Boulder. That is the that is the Boulder lore. that yes. doesn't reflect the modern boulder i think we know today. Peyton is making a face <laughs> i know Peyton's like Peyton's like boulder. relatives from boulder i have boulder connect her son is currently in boulder <laughs> um but <laughs> so anyway this is from an article by uh from van winkles that we'll post to but um th these same founders apparently the ideology was based on this book called the urantia book a new age Bible that they believed came from aliens, but oh, was likely written by William Sadler, a 19th century psych psychiatrist who was a big adherent of eugenics. Oh, uh, why does it always go back to eugenics? Gosh. It was, that was the way oh, people thought back then. No, You're drinking the tea. You're not drinking the Kool-Aid. You're drinking the tea. <laughs> oh, that bums me out. It's like always goes tea. back to ableism. Like, you know what we need to do? Yeah. Eradicate people with disabilities. It's just, it's, it's horrible. It's oh. horrible. Anyway, that's the that's the people behind this company that Whoa. founded it. Great. It's different people now. Thanks can, for that. <laughs> can I give you guys another alternative to yes. a local tea brand that yeah. I absolutely love that does not Please. get enough credit? It's called Sport Tea. Ooh, okay. It is. Sporty. You can make it warm, but it is truly an iced tea and I it's like made tea. to be cold brewed. Um, and it's got like ginger. It has a little mate in it. It's got uh, ginseng. It has this like hmm. uniquely slightly sweet flavor and I have drank it in place of coffee sometimes because it's, it's kind of promoted as like an energy drink, Okay, <laughs> but it's yeah. like way older than energy. <laughs> um, kombucha is another drink. We've talked about it a little bit. We should talk about it more because it seems like it's huge here. It seems I like it's it. everywhere. But it's recent like 10 years ago you could not get kombucha anywhere and like if most people didn't understand it or tried it they were like this is disgusting yeah. and i've always mm -hmm. i've loved it but i also lived in a sort of communal house where we tried to make kombucha so yeah. i was introduced try, to try it to? i don't like that oh. story I know I don't want to tell that story. Okay. It's too depressing. <laughs> but um, but Someday. I have. It's been awesome to see the proliferation of kombucha. Like Happy Leaf, I feel like is probably the biggest mm -hmm. brand that people know. I love that you can go somewhere and get it on tap. Like a lot of restaurants have it now. It's not just like the vegetarian restaurants or whatever, which is where you typically would find it. Um, but it is definitely an acquired taste. Yeah, I would say. How do you guys feel about kombucha? So I oh, was yeah. I was a staunch kombucha hater. And then mm -hmm. I'm like just total hater because I my experience was it was with it was I had one of those bottled kombuchas 
uh, like synergy or I don't know, whatever it is. And then I had it and then it exploded on me in class. And I was like, yikes. And it makes everything it, smell like vinegar. Oh, yeah. And- just delicious. So I was like, mm, this stuff sucks. Tastes <laughs> disgusting. Like mm-hmm. vinegar juice. To be fair, GT's is like synergy is like the Pepsi of yeah. kombucha. Well, so then so then I, I went in and I, I was writing this article when I was at Colorado Community Media. Mm-hmm. And I was writing this article and I interviewed um, the owner of True Bucha out in Lone Tree. And um, he has a tap room out there. And um, he gave me some, you know, kombucha on tap. And I was just kind of looking at it. I was like, I do not want to drink this. And I tried it and I was like, that's actually really good. And he was like, yeah. He basically explained that the stuff that's in the bottle like that just keeps on fermenting. Oh, and that's what it makes just, it so bitter sometimes. It just keeps on cooking that's in a, there. That makes sense that's, because it's a fermented beverage for folks yeah. that don't know. It's so a he, fermented tea. The freshness of the kombucha made yes. it more interesting fresh kombucha, for you. Fresh, fresh kombucha is the way to go. Because it's like, you know, with the live whatever in yeah. it, live cultures. I guess that makes sense. So I, you know, and I knew about the SCOBY and everything. And I was like, how? No. I was like, disgusting. But then, you know, he's like, you got to have it fresh. That's that's the best stuff. And he was right. I mean, it was great fresh. So I was I was sort of converted at that point. I still don't think I'll be like going places. I, I actually did go to a coffee shop and get it right after that just to test his theory. Um, I don't think it was as fresh as I had hoped. Um, I mean, you got it like right from the source, right? Yeah, from that I did. guy originally. Yeah. So that's going to be he the said best. He had a policy that he would replace the taps um, at the places he stocked, he would replace the kegs. He had kombucha kegs, which I think is awesome. Yeah. But he would, um, he had like a time frame that they had to be replaced in because he didn't want his product to ever to be yucky at these places. He didn't want people to get like gross kombucha. So. Kombucha, if there was a beverage that I was going to make a bet on bringing (laughs) this back to the economy, I think there's a lot of people like you, Olivia, who are converting and I read some data from Pat Snap that said the kombucha, sorry, the probiotic beverage market uh, is set to double between 2018 and 2025. Interesting. To I, double. But I also think that this plays into this conversation we're going to have here right now about your microbiome. Um, well, no, about Paul's <laughs> microbiome. No, about uh, alternatives. Yeah. yeah, these are when the mainstream or when the main drink, a beverage of choice in a public setting as an adult is alcohol. There are alternatives, and kombucha is fast becoming an alternative. And again, as someone that considers myself sober from alcohol, I feel like I want to make that really clear for some folks um, who listen regularly and have heard me talk about it. Like this month will be my seventeenth year of sobriety from alcohol. Mm-hmm. Some folks don't drink kombucha because it is ferment a fermented beverage, so they feel like that's alcohol to some extent but for someone like me this is another alternative that's not just pop yeah like i love and i feel like anecdotally i saw a bartender i know on facebook commenting the other day man so many younger kids like 21 year olds are coming into my bar meeting their friends and not drinking and he was kind he wasn't like complaining but he kind of was and a lot of folks chimed in and were like yeah because a lot of us don't want to drink anymore and so i think kombucha is rising because it's an alternative to a drink but it's a nice beverage it's an quote adult beverage and you can sit down and enjoy it the way you maybe used to enjoy a glass of wine yeah. So that's where I would see that that coming uh, becoming more popular. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. Um, I feel the same way about kombucha as I do about beer, but in reverse. How so? Beer, the market is shrinking. Beer yeah. is getting less popular. People don't want to drink it as much. I think it's too heavy for people. Everyone's drinking White Claws. That's what was at my yeah. July Fourth. Everything. I like White Claw. White Claw's great. It's a great product. I love It's so funny to me, you guys. This is like wine coolers in the 80s. Like, it's not like something magical that they read. (laughs) Zima? Yeah, it's kind of like a Zima. Well, but it's only 100 calories, Brie. Oh, God, the calorie content. Is that right, actually? I don't know. They are are 100 calories. That's diet culture in the drink world. They became a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was in college, like two seconds ago, because I'm a child. But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we appreciate your perspective. Yeah, but they, they became a thing. And it was like, oh, my God, I don't have to drink like that weird mystery jungle juice out of the trash can. I can drink a White Claw. I don't have to drink a Natty Light because that's nasty. 100% better. You know, they're delicious. And you can't take... Personally, I don't, I don't think know, you can... man. You guys ever had a Miller High Life? Yeah. The champagne beer? Yes, that is a sweet, sweet beer. Mm. But 
I think I, I think it's changing. I think there's this cultural change happening. White with beer. Claw, I love I love seltzers. Like they have made a huge difference for the drinking culture in my yes. life. Yes, and that also is a very slow rise that we've seen. Because again, when I was a kid, such a weird kid about drinks. I loved Perrier and San Pellegrino, clearly Canadian, which was the super sweet version of it. But um, Lacroix, mm-hmm. right, is the greatest example yeah. of this becoming the mainstay even though now we found out they have PFAS in them so you can't what? really oh yeah LaCroix has PFAS what's yeah. PFAS forever chemicals. forever chemicals oh great we stopped drinking LaCroix in it's our house well I'm already like probably like yeah. 90% micro Topo Chico so. actually has the worst <laughs> PFAS of all seltzers but at any rate really yeah great. but hey, seltzers seltzers are on the rise so it makes sense that the alcoholic version of a seltzer is also mm-hmm. on the rise because you're right a lot of a lot of beer is gross let's be real yes well, I mean it's just not right for every situation as a beer liker there are certain situations where a nice cold you have a beer. beer is the exact right thing. This is uh, where I'm missing Peyton in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> she's <laughs> our craft. She's our person with taste. Well, I think uh, we could probably talk about beverages all day. We really Honestly, could. Honestly, <laughs> this is a more fun topic than I even thought it was going to be. Um, but we'll post links to all of those stories we mentioned. And I think I want to hear from you all, listeners. I want to know, what are you sipping on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling this the, the first annual official CityCast Denver unofficial survey of what Denverites are drinking. Tell us what's in your cooler this summer. Leave us a voicemail or send us a text at the beverages hotline. Bree, you got a better I one know, than I'm that? Like, I know, I'm thinking hotline? of the Usher song. It's like, all you gotta do is tell me what you're sipping on. The, call us at the Usher hotline. The Leave Usher's what you're sipping on hotline. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that number is 720-500-5418. We're going to hear from Peyton on beverages later alongside wins and fails and uh, our best bets for your weekend. And we're back. We're going to do our new favorite segment, wins and fails. We all have a win of the week and a fail of the week, and we're going to talk about them. Let's do fails first. Bree, Olivia, who's ready? Um, my fail of the week is um, <laughs> Lakewood. I, I live in Lakewood. Lakewood PD put out a, I guess, press release attempt to identify yesterday um, for a panty raider. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Um, who has been, um, who, he's been committing these crimes between August 2021 and May 2023. And a two year run? He has. Yeah, he has committed. He, he has committed at least twenty six thefts from various <laughs> laundry rooms on each floor of the Lakeview Towers at Belmar Apartments. And he steals. He primarily steals women's bras and underwear, and he has taken approximately four thousand eight hundred eighty one dollars worth of items. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> I just have this picture of a mountain of panties in his apartment. <laughs> like, what is he? What is he doing with them? Like, I know. It's a lot a of merchandise. What I know he's creep. being. I know he's being creepy, but the the sheer amount. That's what I'm saying. Can you imagine amount, what that looks like? Where I does don't he? Want to. Where does the he evidence, live? The evidence locker <laughs> yeah, for the like, panty stealer case. It reminds me of that that SpongeBob episode, The Panty Raid. <laughs> I have to say, I've never watched SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah no, I can tell that. Not my reference. I could definitely tell that by that episode you guys did, where he tried to make a SpongeBob reference, oh, and, and you guys it were went like, right over Paul and I. You guys heads. were just like, ha ha ha. <laughs> the only SpongeBob thing I know is my wife's been watching it in Spanish, and in Spanish oh it's God. Bob Esponja, <laughs> which is great. I listened to a podcast that said that SpongeBob is actually just a queer show, and every character yeah. is gay. I, I would believe Which that. made me want to watch it. <laughs> That's two people who don't know SpongeBob on SpongeBob. I like it. Hot <laughs> so wait, this is the podcast you tuned in for. Okay. <laughs> so that, that was so my that's fail. Your of the a week. really good fail. I that's quite a fail. It's a fail for just I mean, a fail for the people whose underwear got stolen. I would be pissed. That is expensive. Nice underwear is expensive. God. You already are having to use the public space of the as laundry somebody, room. As somebody that who sucks. uses a communal laundry room. Yeah. I'm like all for whatever your they, thing uh, is. If I will that's catch your him. thing, like panties are your thing. But like do it consensually. You can buy panties from people yeah. off the internet. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure the, <laughs> some of those ladies would probably sell them to him for yeah. a price. Just like. For a price. I don't know. Okay. I don't want to dwell in this person's mind. I want to let's move on. Bree, what's one of your fails? Uh Paul, actually you flagged the story a couple weeks ago. We we didn't really talk about it on the show, but this strip club operator bought the former Ocean Airspace downtown for a new restaurant uh called 
Bombshells, which is a military-themed restaurant with waitresses who wear cleavage-revealing crop tops. Okay. Uh, Enough said. Enough said. Again, (laughs) I want to state for the record, I am not (laughs) shaming anybody who works here. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I had friends. I said this on Twitter the other day. I had friends that worked in Hoot- at Hooters in college. It's whatever. That's not my problem. My problem is who is the demographic for this? Mm-hmm. Right next to the DCPA. Oh, we're gonna go get a meal at Bomb. Yeah, I think also, that is quite funny that it's right across from DCPA. <laughs> it's right across from DCPA. Downtown's already suffering from a PR issue, and this is what you bring in. This is like I just this concept is so mm-hmm. dated to me. I'm like, could we have a more like sexually revolutionary version of this you know like how portland strip clubs are all way more progressive like could we get something like that going this yeah, just actually, seems that's like that's true that, why like, isn't that here i don't know because this is like for a very specific type of straight male is it for the vets <laughs> for the i vets. guess <laughs> i don't know i well what that's actually the part that i really appreciate about this story was this guy this character who runs this chain actually of bombshells strip clubs or restaurants I don't know. It is. They serve Both. wings and burgers, Rest. pizza and okay. pasta. That's too many things. To Entertainment be joints. Ugh. Dallas guy. And he said that he is making this big bet on Denver because he also bought that old t- Troy Guard food hall down in. Someone on Twitter uh, told me he ruined South- it already. Mm-hmm. What do you mean ruined we it? Check He's like out. all the we good places already out. pulled out. Well, maybe it's transition. Uh, well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But he said that he's made this big bet on Denver because we have this tech industry and a lot of single young men. So it's about our well, like, demographic potential. Well, you're not going to meet women potential. there. I mean, you're that's meet the kind of people shells? who might be interested in a place called Bombshells, I think. I guess you want to have a parasocial relationship right with your waitress. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like over 50s. You think? Yeah. For sure. It's it going to be boomers. Da- that's what I'm saying. It feels dated to me. I don't. I just don't see this being... I'm calling it now. Well, we'll so, have our eyes on that I'm gonna story. Go. We'll see how it develops. It was just I'll my, go stake it but out. But I just want to say it <laughs> was their opening night. It was my fail because downtown's already suffering from a PR issue, and this is what's coming in. Yeah, you're not selling me. Well, so yeah. good luck um, with that bombshells. Shall I? Shall <laughs> yep. I go? Yeah. Go for it, Paul. All right. This was the this was the story that got all of my friends talking this week, and it is a very sad fail. Um, Pizzeria yeah. Locale uh, is a local fast casual pizza chain that is closing on July 10th for good. They're shuttering the business after a 10-year run. Um, if you're not familiar, somehow uh, this was a place that really it popped up 10 years ago. There was the, the fast casual pizza was a big deal, very trendy. Like how do we Chipotle fi pizza? Um, and this one here in Denver seemed to be the one. And in fact, the people behind it, who are also the pedigreed chefs behind Boulder's Frasca, Bobby Stuckey and Lachlan McKinnon Patterson, they partnered with Chipotle to expand it. That's apparently when it went wrong. They had franchises in Cincinnati, Kansas City failed, and now it's failed here. It's such a bummer. It's a good pizza, honestly. That's what really sucks good about pizza. this. And we order it from Grubhub and they have like buy one, get one a lot of times. And it just ended up being way better than most delivery pizza. Uh, quality ingredients, real, just really good. They were smaller pizzas, so you could get whatever kind of, you yeah. know, if you and your, your husband or whatever want to get different pizzas, you could. I'm just like, really? This is going away. We had a quality pizza that was pretty affordable and good on delivery. I don't know. What a bummer. Yeah, truly. Is Olivia, there, you ever... I haven't had it. I thought it sounded familiar because I've I'm from Kansas City. Oh, interesting. So, um, I've never had it though. I mean, I don't know. Is there really a shortage of pizza places? No, but I think there's a shortage of this kind of place that does delivery uh-huh. well. Yeah. I think that that's what Denver's pizza scene doesn't have. In oh, spades right I, now. I'm I have had of, in my opinion. I'm kind of partial delivery. to Big Daddy's. Really? <laughs> Tell, I, you know, I've never been to Big I Daddy's. Think Big Daddy's is are, not bad. I like Big Daddy's. Um, they they always. I don't know. They've come through for me. All right. Well, if you're if you're if you miss out on the last weekend of Pizzeria Locale this weekend, maybe you could try Big Daddy's. Yeah, go over to Big Daddy's. Um, Bree, do you have a wreck, a pizza wreck in that <laughs> same kind of area? No, I'm really struggling. I would say the other place that we go is Pizzeria Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, but. They're like often so overloaded because they're so popular. It's just not quite the ease. That was the thing about Pizzeria Locale is we ordered it through Grubhub and it was super easy. So I don't. I'm looking for something that's oh, delivery. Have you had um, pie hole? Pie yeah, hole's not bad. I like pie, but I like it I like, by the slice. That's like a bra. I'll go down to South Broadway and do that. I like thick. I like thicker pizza. Mm. I like 
I doughier like pizza. Thin pizza by the slice, but I yeah. agree with you for I a like whole pizza. Doughier pizza, but I thought pie hole is good. Pie hole is good. I'd say Denver Pizza Company is a good delivery option. Yeah. And you can call if they tell you you're not in their delivery zone. You can you can maybe Scream. sweet talk them a little bit. Say you know you're close. They Please. they have budged on that for me in the past. <laughs> oh God. Um, Denver Pizza so Company. That's three, okay. That's three big fails. Let's talk about wins of the week. Wins of the week. Who's? Um, I'll go. The Meow Wolf Workers Collective uh, ratified their first contract with Meow Wolf Leadership. So um, what I just love about this story, I know it wasn't ideal and it wasn't perfect. The details of it aren't really out there, but um, just getting to see artists be able to collectively bargain and have a stake in the thing that makes the city so much money makes me more hopeful for the future for artists. So... I am just really excited for the folks behind that collective doing that work because it's like having another anytime you're you're organizing, it's like having a job on top of having a job. So for folks to be able to be doing these probably hourly wage jobs as well as running their own sort of union is amazing. And I just hope the best for them. And this yeah. also it's not just art. It's people that work within an arts organization. Right. It's like the janitors and the people that work at the box office. But it's also like when you go into Meow Wolf, there's actors. Right. And yeah. like so all these people are considered talented, skilled. Yeah. People. And I, I like that there's not a differentiation between those skills because they we need all of those to make things all those types of people and those jobs to make things work. So I'm just glad that they were able to to move forward with that. And I think it's interesting on the heels of Meow Wolf opening uh, their fourth and fifth locations in Texas mm -hmm. in 2024. So I'm hoping as they continue to grow as a company, the union's also able to continue to grow. I'm I really proud of Colorado. Couldn't agree more. I think this is going to lead to a healthier organization in the long run. I think so too. And like, it's a good sign. I, I hope that the management sees it the same way, that this means like a better organization for everybody and more long-term sustainable profit and growth. Well, and I just have to, we have to go back to the roots of Meow Wolf, which was, it was a DIY collective of artists making immersive experiences before it became this thing that was fully funded. So at the roots of those collective groups in arts, that intersects so much with union organizing work yeah. and collective bargaining and these things. Like, it's just, it's awesome. I, it's a, it's a turn I didn't see coming and I hope that it continues and grows. Olivia, you gotta have you been to Meow Wolf Denver Convergence? I haven't been I haven't been yet. I talked to Brie about this in the past. I I'm kind of go. Well I'm just kind of worried that I would get a little bit over overstimulated. Sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I I would like to go when there's not like a lot of children, a lot of people running around. I think around. if you go to the adultiverse events, yeah. it's a little less crowded and it's not yeah. as many kids. I really like, you know, or there's no the kids, concept obviously. and the stuff, but it just seems like there could be a lot of overwhelming noise and lights and children and I, I, yeah i have to say paul and i got a really amazing opportunity to yeah. go before they opened oh yeah and yeah. i That's wish cool. that we had taken more advantage of that yeah. but we got to see it the space before it opened and it's a very different experience when no one is in it right and i think i you know obviously i would love that i love a private tour but <laughs> shout out to meow wolf <laughs> meow wolf if you want to give me a private tour i'll um, be there <laughs> you know at the risk of making this more of an ad for meow wolf but they are doing a cool event in cheeseman park in the next couple of weeks yeah. i don't know exactly the date but it's called monster battle I guess it's been something popular at the uh, Santa Fe place, but they have these, it sounds like they get people to dress up like mech robots and like giant monsters, like Meow Wolf style. And they do it in a park and like put on a little show. I love so that. It's, Doesn't that seem fun? It's August 10th in Cheeseman Park from 4 to 9 p.m. And it's free. And um, But before that, if you want the weekend before, um, they're doing a workshop from 2 to 5 p.m. at Stanley Marketplace. And for seven bucks, a professional costume monster costume maker will help you make a costume Whoa. out of like reclaimed and recycled materials. I don't need help. So we can put a link <laughs> to that not. in the show notes. But if I, I also just think this I is a help. really awesome introduction mm -hmm. to immersive art as a person that maybe you want maybe you've never made something. Go, that sounds so Go make something fun. with a professional City monster Cast, maker. CityCast Denver does it. Oh, maybe we should. We could. August 5th. Be monsters. Let's make like a huge monster all together. I saw a pretty interesting float <laughs> in the Park Hill Parade that was just like some... I'm sure it was something... I probably should have known what it was. Some, like a pop culture reference or yeah, something. Yeah, but I didn't know what it was. It just like 
it the, the jaw unhinged and it opened and there were people inside. Oh. It was really cool. I took a video of it. So oh, that's awesome. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see that video yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Who's uh, did you do a win, Olivia? I think maybe yeah. your turn. Yeah, I've got a win. I would say uh, you know for hopefully you know the chance of us beating this one to death. But the zero fare for better air. I would say you know I was on the. I was on the light rail this morning coming into downtown mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people on it, hmm. you know, and I, I thought that was great. And, you know, I know we've kind of talked about back and forth, like, does it actually make a difference or anything? But I just thought it was cool. And, you know, the zero fare, I started riding the light rail downtown before the zero fare for better air. But did you notice a difference in the like <laughs> amount of people? There you have know, been so many more because today was my first today was different. my first July ride. Mm-hmm. And there were the, the whole car I was in was full. And the other times I've ridden besides the parade day, which it was insane. But the other days I've ridden, right. you know, there have only been a couple other people in the in the train on Thursday mornings. And so there were, the whole train was full today and I thought that was really cool. Huh. And it felt, I, you know, people were just on and off and I don't know, it felt cool to be kind of part of that like city type of thing, you know? I love that actually. Mm. I am I, I maybe too cynical about this, you know, see last week's episode, but right. it, it is fun to be part of something and it is exciting it was when cool. they do this. And it, fe- it feels really, it feels really city-ish because I live in Lakewood, you know, which is definitely the burbs, but you know, there's a there's a station real close to me, and I just parked there and got on, and I was living my city life. It was cool. Nice, nice win. Nice win. Thanks for bringing that positive PR back to the story, because Paul and I can be real wet blankets <laughs> about it. A couple of grinches when it comes to the <laughs> state really of our are. TV right now. We are. Um, it, but so yeah, so a win, a win, zero fare for better. That's great. Um, my win. Go for it, Paul. Listener Corey P, who made my day the other day oh. when he emailed me this. Quote, after listening to today's CityCast Denver episode, I thought you may want a vegetarian recipe for Colorado green chili. This is my recipe that I've made for years and which won the Denver County Fair's salsa competition both times I entered. It's great fresh or can be either frozen or canned. Water bath canning, okay. Uh, and then descri- he, he offers the recipe and describes how he tweaks it, but awesome. What are, what are some key ingredients here? Because to me, the green chili conundrum is pork. Chili. That's yeah. what makes it delicious what do you do in place of right. pork i mean you can't really replace it i i've also been someone who's been perfecting my vegetarian green chili recipe over the years uh and there the thing that he seems to do different is uh cumin one teaspoon uh, of cumin yeah. which i had not thought of before although he likes he has figured out the same vegetable stock trick that i like which is the better than bouillon which oh, is something you can yeah. get at king supers oh, is a yeah. fantastic product um but cumin interesting interesting that's such a specific spice too. It just has like a certain flavor. That's like it's not a heat. It's like a. It's not even a warmth. I don't know how to explain it. Is but that I how feel you're supposed you. to say it. How would you say it? Cumin. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know its origins. I don't know either. But, so. Sound off Correct. in our this social. How do you say it? Cumin or cumin? <laughs> Let me know. Oh, well, boy. we'll share and we'll share that. Can we share that? Yeah, in we a, should share it. We how should do we share, share a link to that. We'll. I'll post it in the show notes. Okay. It's not a long recipe. It's short. Thanks, Corey. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Corey P. That is awesome. So like anytime you want, if you find yourself listening and you think, I've got a recipe for a great dish. I wonder if Paul would like it. The answer is yes. Send me that recipe. Also, <laughs> tips. Tips about stories that other people don't have and memes. Those are the three <laughs> things to send. Those are my three favorite things. Sleepy time, <laughs> sleepy time tea bear TikToks. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so that's my win. Thanks so much. Uh, We got one more thing for you today. We're going to take a quick break and come back with some recommendations for your weekend. What's up, weather fam? Rain or shine, I'm Andy Stein here with your CityCast Denver weather forecast for this weekend. And honestly, I feel like you don't need me to tell you what the forecast is going to be because we've all grown to expect that thunderstorms and rain are in the forecast. And that's really no different for the beginning of this weekend. And wait, on top of this, we are coming off of uh, the wettest June ever. And the first week of July already has been pretty uh, wet and also pretty cool outside. I wore a sweater the day after July 4th. It was wild. Anyway. 
Anyway, your forecast is looking a, a little bit up and down this weekend. Saturday, we have another chance for severe storms. Sunday, it's actually looking a lot more clear outside, which is great. Um, but watch out for those storms on Saturday. They could get pretty rowdy. It's looking like the beginning of next week could start a trend of some drier and warmer weather. So let's hold on to that because these uh, past few weeks here of wet, cool weather, very abnormal for our area. Not all unwelcomed at all, but definitely abnormal. Y'all have a good weekend. <laughs> All right, and we're back. It's time for the official CityCast Denver, maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there, because as usual, there's so many cool things happening in Denver this weekend, but there's only one where you might see us. Peyton Garcia rounds up her best bets in our newsletter, Hey Denver, every week, and she's here to give us her top picks. But first, Peyton, what's your beverage? Tell us about it. <laughs> first, I want to say, you guys are on one today. <laughs> Different vibe? Uh, you guys are just hilarious in a good way. We didn't um, even get to your the, favorite bev. It's I the prebiotic chai. Chai latte, not chai tea. Chai <laughs> latte. I love a good I'm chai drinking latte. a chai. That's my go-to. I don't drink coffee. Hmm. Um, haven't Elite. since high school uh, oh, because it icon. makes my tummy hurt. Oh. Um, I love Hot girls matcha. have tummy problems. I love matcha, but <laughs> I love I've loved matcha for a really long time. And have I you don't... done the Gen matcha with the ro the roasted brown rice in it? That sounds no. good. Oh, it's so good, you guys. But I don't get like all crazy fancy with my Me matcha. Either. I also don't know how to make it. I just go to coffee shops where they have it and I order it. I will say in the last however many years, because I've been drinking matcha for like 10 years. And you could never cool. find it anywhere. I could never find it anywhere but Starbucks. Um, but now it's definitely it's everywhere. You can find I it love everywhere I now. love the Trader Joe's like instant matcha latte powder. It's oh, already it's tried it's that. already sweetened. I need this. It's already sweetened. It's already got like I don't know some sort of like TJ's probably has so many good probably like powdered milk or something in it. I don't know. It's delicious. That's great. It tastes like See, the Starbucks King one. King Supers used to have a matcha powder that I would get. It was like ten bucks for oh, like this is five, three ounces though. This it was is insane. five bucks for a can of it, and it makes all you have to do is add water, and it makes the whole latte. I love that. I'll okay. try that because I'm not trying to do the ceremonial stuff. Like, sorry, I just want <laughs> okay, no ceremony. Um, <laughs> that's a hot tip. That's a hot tip. So that's let's get to that's that. Yes, let's get to the weekend. What okay. what do you got for us, Peyton? So to start, this one comes with a caveat. It's an event that sounds really really cool. I'm super interested in it. Um, and I want to share it with you guys, but I want to let you know ahead of time, tickets are gone. It is sold out, <laughs> but, but you can join the wait list. I don't know if getting on the wait list for this event, if it, if it ever happens. So it's at Denver Botanic Gardens. And here's the thing. They do really awesome events, but they sell out really, really fast. So you have to, my hot tip is get on their email list or whatever, keep an eye on their calendars and get your tickets early because they do cool stuff, but I can never share it because the tickets sell out really fast. And I don't know like if the wait list is like a legit place to get in. <laughs> but that said- But this event is so good. I'm just, it sounds what so cool. It? And well, if I would have had time. Okay, so it's called Garden to Glass and it is a workshop that's led by Susan Evans. She's the author of The Herbalist's Happy Hour. And she's going to teach you how to make, quote, refreshing agua frescas, extraordinary elixirs, and seasonal syrups using your own fruit and veggie harvests from your garden. This is perfect for the show. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, doesn't that sound so fun? It, it sounds sound really so cool. I'm going to hop the I fence. I don't know. <laughs> but right it's in. so exciting to me that I'm going to go and buy Susan Evans' book anyway. <gasps> Oh, she's got a book. That's great. Yeah, what's the link to that? I don't know. The Herbalist Happy Hour. I'm assuming it's a Probably. recipe book. Probably. But I'm going to okay. buy it and I'm going to give it to my sister who's an herbalist. So, anyways, uh, you can't okay. go to it, but get on their mailing list. <laughs> it sounds really cool. You wish cool. you could go to it. Yeah, that's where we wish we could go. Okay, next, next event mm -hmm. Federales Live Art Series. So, Federales um, is a Mexican restaurant where you can get tacos and margs and Pacificos. Up in Rhino, right? Yep, up in Rhino. Um, and they are doing a uh, live art series that they do every, I think it's monthly. Regularly. Regularly. They do it regularly. <laughs> it, it recurs. And um, yeah, so you grab a taco, grab a mark, watch local artists create work live. And all of their work will be for sale. So support some local artists. Enjoy hmm. a nice meal. I've never been to Federales. I don't have any opinions about it. Me neither. Seems cool, though. Seems like a nice patio. I've walked past. Yeah. yeah. Cool Fun idea way. for an event. Mm -hmm. I could see that being good. Moving on. Um, this weekend is also 
taste the facts slash Colfax art jams. Oh, cool. Um, so Colfax art jams happens every month. So it's a monthly event where local artists line East Colfax with their work, and you can check that out and support them. Um, but it, this event coincides with Taste the Facts, which is a food event, um, you know, meant to display the delicious and diverse flavors of Colfax. And you'll get to meet local chefs and taste their signature dishes. It's all free. So if you want to head out to the Colfax side of town, get some good food. Seems fun. Local artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems fun. Art, food, Taste cool. Colfax. Love mm-hmm. it. Great. Great. Oh, sorry. I just was looking at it just now, seeing if they had a list of the artists because I always want to promote whoever it is. But go ahead. Anything grabbing your eye on there? I'm not seeing the list of them. So So moving on. on. Okay. And my final event, Cross Currents. It's a festival that takes place at Confluence Park. Um, Splash in the South Platte, if you so choose to do. Uh, Sip on craft cocktails and jam out to live local music. It's called Cross Currents Mm. at at Confluence Park? Mm -hmm. Okay. At the confluence. And they want you to get in the Platte River. <laughs> they say, they it say sounds it's like clean it's not now. required. I know that it's technically clean. And you can technically <laughs> eat the fish out of it. You can technically yeah, eat the I don't fish know out about of it. That. But <laughs> they have done a lot of amazing work. I don't want to undermine that fact. It's My nice husband space. does the like yeah. surfing on the Platte thing. Have you guys seen oh, that? Really? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I saw I like a p- paddleboard. Yeah, kind, but you can do, there's like a current, they've built up a, mm. they've built up like a rock area where there's like a current and you can yeah. kind of surf it. I do have to say, if you go to that website and you look at the photos, it's very tempting. It looks like a fun time. People also, look like they're having fun. Confluence Park's a cool it's a little really spot nice place. right I'm in the middle of the city. city. I love it. People are splashing. I don't know. You could you could convince me to go to that, I yeah. think. I like, I like I'm as I've established with you guys, I love a body of water. <laughs> That's true. You are a body of water gal. I will always get in a lake or a stream. You know, I grew up in Lake of the Ozarks. So, Even the technically you know, clean South Platte? You know, I, Lake of the Ozarks is certainly worse than the South Platte or any other body of water for that matter. So I'm probably immune to whatever lies in there. Well, there you go. Yeah, I might like it too, actually. That's like a nice thing to do on a summer day. And it's also right in. off the trail. So if you want to ride, oh, it's a nice bike ride. Yeah, that's Honestly, it. that's what Look I love pictures. about Look at the Everyone Park. looks happy. I could get a, <laughs> I we can ride it. scooters. You, you I, can. That is a choice you can make. <laughs> I don't have a bike. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, Garden of Glass at the Botanic Gardens. Yeah, that would totally be our Which choice. Which we can't go. Right. Can we rules, say that that would be our It would be our choice, but we can't go. Federales, see an artist do some art. Taste the Facts. Art and food on Colfax and cross currents. Cross currents. At the, is looking I mean, sick I, that's, where I'm yeah. that's where my head's Me at. Me too. Yeah, I'm feeling it. If it's going to be another scorcher of a weekend, yeah. too, work on your tan. Cross currents sounds to me like the best. If it's going to be another scorcher of a weekend, yeah. too, work on your tan. That's the winner. That's it. And there you have it, the official CityCast Denver Maybe Free Weekend, but there's way more where that came from. Peyton's got plenty more recommendations in our newsletter, Hey Denver, which you can subscribe to right now by texting Denver to 66866. Peyton, Bree, Olivia, Hi. thanks so much Bye. for <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Happy Friday. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Olivia Jewel Love, and Elizabeth Kama. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CityCast Denver. And tell Celestial Seasonings about us the next time you take their tour, which is good. You can sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. Tell the, tell the Sleepy Time T-Bear also. I watched some of those TikToks. They are funny. They're, They're really funny. It's a good account. That's a good follow.